Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Doug Foley, an entrepreneur that has come up with a simple and straightforward framework for you to stop hating your job and start a business. That's literally all we talk about in this podcast. Doug has a couple super simple steps to get you on the path, and then boom, you're the boss. Okay, let's hear his tactics. All right, Doug, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for hopping on here. Oh, it's my pleasure. So uh, you just wrote a book. It's called The Breakout Blueprint. It lays out all these ways for you to break away from what society says you should be doing and start doing what you actually were put on this earth to be doing. And, you know, the old way of going to work and taking a nine to five, like yeah, that, that can be great. And it's great for a lot of people, but there's so many other ways to make money and ways that you can combine your passion with your business that there's, it's like not really acceptable anymore to just like hate your job and hate what you do. And then, yeah, you can come be your authentic self on the weekends and nights, but you know, that doesn't, that doesn't have to be the way anymore. Right. You know, a hundred percent. I think the days of living for the weekend are gone now. And if, if this pandemic has taught us anything, I think there's such an opportunity for people to create their own lifestyle business and start to live life on their own terms. Uh, I mean, okay. Sounds great for me. How do I, how do I do that? I think the first part of it's really understanding what you want out of life and designing what an ideal week looks like for you. You know, and I think most people, they go through these dream board exercises and they try to figure, oh, like this is my perfect life. And it gets shattered really quick when they realize they still have to pick up the kids or they, you know, they still have their dog or got to mow the lawn. So creating what they want a week to look like but being realistic about designing that intentfully with these things that exist in life. And then once you've designed what that perfect week looks like, you need to look at the inverse. Like look about the things in life or your job that you absolutely hate. Like if there was one thing you could just never do again at your job, make sure that that you're creating a lifestyle that makes sure that that's not the case. And I I laugh and make a lot of jokes in the book with the movie Office Space. And like, they're constantly having problems with the, the printer. Like, and there's a scene where they just destroy it. Everybody has that thing at work. They're just like, PC load letter. Like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. And they just, they get frustrated with that one thing. So designing the life you want is kind of step one in figuring out, like, what do I then need to build to get to the point where I can live that life? And once you've done that, the next stop is trying to figure out, what is that thing or the expertise that you've developed? Everybody I know has some type of expertise that they can share with the world. Like everybody has something that they can exchange. And then you just have to connect. What does the world value? 
So I know I mentioned before when we were just getting started, one of the one of the people I interviewed on my podcast, he actually narrates books like classic literature for Amazon. Now he's incredibly talented at making all these voices, but it's such an odd career path. And I think that so many people get caught up with trying to climb the corporate ladder or do what we're supposed to do. Like go to a good school, graduate the top of our class, go to the top five accounting firms, become partner at an early age. That they neglect that there's this totally other path that they can take that allows them to live a life more fulfilling and more rewarding than just climbing this thing over a 20, 30 year career. And I think when they take a look at what that ideal work week looks like, I don't know very many people who are going to design it to be in an office for 100 hours. Chances are they want their weekends to look more like they're, like if they could have a five-day weekend, that's probably more realistic to what people do. It's just connecting that expertise and that value to fit within and design it to fit within the the week they want. Right. So, Doug, it sounds amazing. And what you're describing of narrowing down on the things you like, the things you don't like, and then what your specific expertise is, I think these are things people have inside of them, but they're, they're, probably, they're not like surfacing these that often. So I think it's probably a useful exercise just sitting down and writing or typing uh, what you like, what you don't like, and what you're good at. You know, that the biggest differentiator I have found is when you're done that exercise is to really try and figure out what you're passionate about. And that's the biggest difference. And I made a mistake early on that I had to learn that my hobby was not my passion. I realized like I, when I first started this journey almost 15 years ago, I tried to create a business around hunting and fishing because it was what I loved to do. What happened over the first year and a half is it started to become a job. Like I was having to constantly create content. Now this was before Instagram, before Facebook was really useful to be an influencer. So I didn't have a lot of tools that are available today. So I was constantly just trying to blog and get ranked for it to get some sponsors and it became work. And I started to hate fishing. So the thing that I loved to do to relax and recharge was becoming a job and I was destroying the thing that made me happy. So I started to reflect and I realized like over the course of my career, Like if I wasn't hunting or fishing, like I, even when I was like, I was listening to marketing podcasts. Like I was a student of entrepreneurship. I was always fascinated with business. And that made me realize like I was more passionate about what entrepreneurship could do for the world than it was anything else. The hobbies were just a means of what I liked to do. That's like, that was part of my perfect week. But the thing I was passionate about was helping small businesses grow and scale. And what I quickly learned is when clients were successful, I started to feel like this odd sense of happiness. And it wasn't happiness. It was fulfillment. I knew that the work that I had put in was now benefiting somebody else. And that made me want to do that again and again and again and eventually scale an agency. And it charted my career path because I knew what I wanted to do and double down on. Right. And so what you're talking about is like fulfillment beyond just, you know, ringing the cash register, uh, a much deeper, longer lasting sense of providing value to the world. A hundred percent. I mean, catching a big fish, hitting a good golf shot, like those are great in the moment. But like, Mm -hmm. as soon as that's over, it doesn't really last that long. Right. But one of the people 
uh, Mitch, he's mentioned in the book, he came to me initially because he wanted to start an internship um, at our agency. And I asked him, so, well, why do you want to have an internship? Like, what, what do you really want to do in life? He said, well, I want to be a professional hockey player. I was like, well, then why do you want, you know, marketing internships? He said, well, it look good on a resume. And I think so many people make these choices to do things because it looks good on a resume, not because they want to build something that makes them feel fulfilled. So what I suggest him, he told me a really cool story about how he had doubled down, you know, he figured out how to go to the U.S., um, get a scholarship at the NCAA and how he was pursuing professional hockey. I said, well, why don't you help other prospective student athletes do the same thing? So he actually, instead of an internship, he started a business teaching uh, young um, young student athletes, how to get scholarships in the States and how to play at a higher level, how to get drafted. And I still get texts from him regularly or I follow social media. It's like, hey, so-and-so just signed a scholarship or so-and-so just got drafted. So instead of going down a path of, you know, creating a business or just going through the steps and using his degree to go into a, a standard business, he's now living his full, like his dream and he's helping others live theirs. And the sense of like joy and pride and happiness, that all combines and is probably some of the most fulfilling things. It's actually part of what drove me to write this book so that more people can do things like Mitch is doing. Right. And Doug, this is my favorite topic of conversation of instead of just following blindly what society says you should be doing, you know, thinking, I mean, it definitely takes more work and strategic thinking and understanding of yourself. So those are all you know difficult things. But when you get that, it's way more rewarding than just going and getting some, you know, prestigious job working for a bank or a consulting fund or a tech company or something like that. The interesting part, and I, it took me a while to realize it, came down to just realizing and accepting yourself of identity. If you can take a moment and separate your identity from the title on your business card and instead be open-minded to the impact you can make on the world, that's the day you will become free and unlimited in your income and what you can accomplish. But if you're constantly judging yourself on where or what the next move is on the corporate ladder, you're allowing that infrastructure to dictate your future as opposed to building the future that you want and the legacy you want. Right. Yeah. I doubt Elon Musk. I mean, he's at the top, but I doubt he's concerned with his title and what he, I mean, he's, exactly. he's just out there solving problems. hundred percent. Like he's actually probably really one to follow because Richard Branson's actually the same way. Arnold Palmer was the same way. Arnold Palmer for me has probably been one of the greatest examples of what entrepreneurship can create. I mean, he was the first person in sports that had such a powerful following. They called it Arnie's army. He built loyalists like to the point, but then what he did with that, he built hospitals, he built businesses that created a betterment of everything they did. I mean, he created the golf channel because he believed that golf was the single greatest tool to raise funds for charity. And he wanted to broadcast at a national level beyond what cable television was doing. So he built a mechanism to do that. I mean, he was probably him, Richard Branson, like just the things they do and their approach was like, just because an industry says, well, that's not the way we do it. They said, well, cool, I'm going to do it my way and go build something that's going to change the world. Right. 
and as you said, once you've detached yourself from society's beliefs, then it's like, wow, I mean, you're, it's limitless what you can, what you can do. A hundred percent. So the thing that's really interesting about salaries, and if you look at any standard corporate job, there's a range and you can be on the top end of this range and that's where your income's capped. But when you're an entrepreneur, if you look at a marketplace, you, and even within like a corporate environment, you're accepting what you're worth. By just accepting the job, you're saying, I am going to play within these rules and this is my value. When you're an entrepreneur, the ceiling's a limit. Like you want to, you want to become a billionaire, go fix a problem with a billion people. Like it is limitless in terms of the impact you can make, the money you can make, the lifestyle you can live. It just takes enough courage to go pursue that thing and figure out how can I make an impact and use what I know today to change the lives of those people around me and add value. Right. And there's a balance. I mean, there's, there's the end the, trade-offs, but there's trade-offs to leaving a job that pays you money to go doing something that's uncertain, but has a, has a much higher payoff. And, you know, there's like, like, like we talked about in the beginning, I mean, there's balance to working for somebody else and getting paid and there's balance to being an entrepreneur and doing it all, all, all on your own. So it's like, it's deciding where you want to gravitate towards to on that spectrum. A hundred percent. And the one thing I will tell you, it's a lot easier than most people think. And the reason why, like most people, they want to go build a website, you know, register a domain, build a, a business plan, submit it to a bank. When all you really have to do when you've done those exercises and you have an idea of what you think this business should be, all you really need to do is simply just go ask five or 10 of the people close to you said, hey, I'm really passionate about this thing. And I'm thinking about starting a business to solve X. I want to get your opinion on it. And I'm almost willing to guarantee that within those first five to 10 questions, you will have not only locked in a business idea, but probably landed your first customer. Right. And this is the idea and, of asking for uh, advice, not money. And then people are excited to help you. And, and it's the same thing as asking for money, but it's just a creative way to do it. A hundred percent. And you know what? You might even like, I remember my first client, um, they, it was a real estate agent, good friends of mine, like, Hey, like we see all your stuff. You're doing a lot. Can you help us with our stuff? It's like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll do everything. 375 a month. And, and I did. And like, and I guarantee you, even after telling people this, I'm like, you're going to undervalue yourself for the first few customers, but then you'll slowly creep the rates up to where it should be. And you'll start to understand where your value really lies. And it'll be in alignment with the problem that you're solving. The more complex the problem you solve, the higher the value of your expertise and the more somebody's willing to pay. So with experience and going through those customers, you just slowly raise those rates. But just having the willingness to put yourself out there, they may just simply say like, you know what? I don't need that service, but I got a really good friend who does. Right. And you're off to the races. Then you can yep. go build your website. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a, Doug, that's, that's a fascinating approach to just very easily dipping your toe in the water. And you know, right now when you're sitting at home doing your regular job, like do the exercise and, and then and then start asking some uh, close people for advice. Like, how could it get any easier? We have had people use this exact same framework. I know one of my friends, she used it 23 minutes later, sent me a text like, hey, I have my first paying customer. <laughs> We've had other people that have landed, you know, two, three, four, five thousand dollar $5,000 clients within just a couple of days. But that framework has proven itself over and over again. Right. So cool. And that's what the, the book goes deeper into? 
Yeah, the book gives you the exact same, um, the exact blueprint. It's what I followed to build both both of my agencies, as well as a number of other businesses. It gives you the exact script that I just shared with the audience there. Like you can cut and paste it, just insert your own things. But the one thing I will tell you, this type of model will only work if you're trying to add value. The moment it becomes like an extraction, like you're just trying to get as much cash as possible, that's where it starts to fail. If you're truly passionate about helping people and you want to make an impact, that's where that type of thing works because those people will feed off your passion. They see your conviction. They know that you want to help. And that's where the referrals come from. And to be honest, most people can probably follow that business and build, you know, $100,000 to $250,000 business, you know, within a year or two without having to do any crazy marketing or building a huge team just by monetizing their expertise and helping people with the right problems. Wow. Well, Doug, I'm so jazzed up about this entire conversation. I've I've got a ton of ideas for myself, but really this was awesome speaking with you. Where can people find more? Best place anywhere on social media, Douglas J. Foley. That's F-O-L-E-Y. And if you want to grab any of the bonuses from the book, you can get them at douglasjfoley.com forward slash book. And you can pick up the book on Amazon. Awesome. Well, Doug, thank you again for coming on here. This was really awesome speaking with you. Great time. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you could support us is by telling your friends and leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks.